Hello, Francesco. How are you, man? Hey, Andre. I'm great, thanks. Uh, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. How are you? Not so bad. Really good to, to do this one. And um, I was thinking about the topic of, of today's podcast. Basically, we talk about self-limiting belief or we just don't have enough equipment. I think this is something which came up in your mind quite a lot of, in a lot of cases, as it has been for me. And a lot of people I've been talking with, they, they are not pretty sure if they should, you know, um, they, if they are basically limiting their beliefs purely because they have limited equipment. And it just happened that, you know, when, when you put something in your mind, you, you don't really um, achieve what you could potentially achieve purely because you have that mindset. And I know this topic might be uh, a bit too frequent lately purely because of pandemic and during isolation. A lot of people have talked about this, but I think we're going to approach it from a different um, um, angle. And I wanted first to, to ask you, did you ever have this feeling in which you like... Phew, look look at the gym i'm using this this equipment is not enough compared to what other people in other gyms are using they have a uh, an advantage in front of me oh yeah totally like i think uh, um so if we are talking about uh, training uh, and uh, this is as well for uh, any sort of goal but we can possibly like uh, focusing we, we can possibly focus on strength development and muscle development uh, and uh, we can chip in as well weight maintenance and weight loss so people who just train because they like it uh, they want to as well get stronger and possibly build a little bit of muscle along the way and if they can lose a bit of fat uh, why not so um you know in regard to that context and these these are the population we work with right um we mostly i, I personally don't work with like any long distance uh, runner although one of my clients uh, she is ask me to that you want to get ready for a half marathon next year so we are uh, um, going to sh tr adjust our training a little bit but definitely man like uh, this is uh, in regards to me as well like when the lockdown started I had no nothing like no equipment at all and the funny thing is uh, I was uh, living at my girlfriend's parents place because uh, we moved from London to, to Austria and uh, the lockdown started uh, and I was uh, like a lot into bodybuilding at the time um, bodybuilding uh, kind of uh, choose me in the past uh, like I enjoyed it I really I still enjoy it I, I think like it's a it's a very interesting science and sport uh, and it has like long-term uh, like developments uh, you you can literally like uh, keep progressing for 20 years uh, or even more like I think now that I'm nearly 30 31 I'm 30 at the time at this time and I want to look better at 40 than I look now. And when I will be 40, I will probably look better. I will want to look better at 50 than I look at 40. So it's a really like long journey, but I'm into bodybuilding. I like to lift weights, big weights. I like the pump. I really just like iron. And um, I neglect a little bit of bodyweight training. This is me in February, 2020. I had some sort of pull-ups and dips in my program, but they were like, not my bread and butter for sure. So what happened is the lockdown start and I think about uh, what is the best uh, piece of training equipment that is good for me at the time. And I had some elastic bands. I think I had some great elastic bands. You probably remember them from our time together at London. <laughs> yeah. They were those 
orange band. I think they are an amazing piece of equipment because they are very durable and you can adjust the different resistance. They are the JC Predator, JC Predator band from JC Santana. Um, yeah, if you want to share like a link in the show notes, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it after. I have no, nothing to do with JC Santana, but I think <laughs> yeah, it's a great product. Yeah, because you have handles, uh, two reasons. Well, three reasons, they are durable. Uh, second reason, they have handles, like very comfortable. Most of the elastic bands, like the loop band, uh, they are sometimes a bit uncomfortable to hold in, in your hands. Um, and also they have uh, a strap on the other edge of the band, which you can comfortably secure in a door frame without ruining the door or without ruining the band. Um, so that, uh, that was great, you know, and when you have like three bands on each side, I think like it feels like having um, 40 pounds on each arm. So like 20 kilos, if you do like a press or a pull, which is not too bad. You can definitely get a hell of a workout. But for me, I'm a big guy. I'm like 90, at the time I was like 92 kilos and I was strong. You know, I was used to doing heavy deadlift, heavy squats, heavy bench press, heavy pull down, heavy rows. And I'm there doing the bands and definitely I get a pump after I do like 50 repetitions. But thinking about the fact that the lockdown might have lasted for months, like six months even, and it did, um, I needed something else. I was thinking about it and I didn't see anywhere that could go because uh, I already maxed out the resistance of the band. You know, I didn't feel like I got much out of uh, thousands of push-ups, And so I had to be creative. And I found one solution for 20 bucks. It was like the best solution for me, in my opinion. And it was basically two gymnastic rings. Um, they cost exactly, I think they cost, you can find them like the uh, standard size um, for, and, and the smaller size for uh, 25, 28 euro on Amazon. Um, they are very portable, so you can attach them outdoor or indoor if you have a frame. And you can basically, upper body wise, you can train everything. Um, so there was like, I had tons of time to milk that stimulus. It was a fresh training stimulus because I wasn't used to that uh, stimulus at the time. So yeah. even simply, uh, I remember this funny story. The first time I jump on the dips, uh, on the rings, I attempt to do some dips and I think I'm a big, uh, like I'm a strong guy. I, I'm doing a hundred kilos of bench press per reps. So, you know, I, I can do it. And I remember doing like five dips and I was all shaky and I struggled to finish three sets of five dips because my shoulder was unstable. Um, the fact that when you, when you hold, that, that's called like the ring support, um, where you're just uh, holding your, uh, um, yourself on the, on the dips, uh, on, the, on the rings uh, in a, with your arms straight along your body and your feet are off the floor. So you're carrying all your body weight on your hands. Um, that really challenges your shoulder stability. If you don't have a good stability, you will your hands will shake a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that like uncover one of my weaknesses and I was able to, you know, strengthen my joint and uh, create a new training stimulus for my body simply by switching, like buying one piece of equipment. Um, so yeah, I guess we can articulate from that, but I had a, definitely a, a great experience and that was my, my self-limiting belief that if, if I don't have a gym, I will lose all my muscle. Long story short, I train with my rings. Um, I even find a way to, to build them at home. So I have like two 
I, I had to drill like the ceiling and, and attach those. Um, they're, yeah, they're bouldering attachment. They come for like 20 quid each and they hold like 200 kilos each side. So until the next Christmas, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and, uh, and I end up, man, um, having the best lessons. I wouldn't say it was like the solution because, of course, uh, as soon as you adapt to a stimulus, like you need to really... Yeah, unless like you have an extra load to, to put on, on yourself, like a weighted vest or like a, or, um, like a belt to add the extra load, you need to be creative with the way you set up your training. We can talk about it for sure. Uh, but I definitely noticed like a massive improvement in some areas of my body. Bicep, they grew a lot. Tricep, they grew a lot. My chest kept growing. My upper chest, not so much because um, it was hard for me to find a way to really target the upper chest uh, um, and, and make it challenging for, for, for that muscle. Back was great. Um, upper back, not so great. Uh, delts, not so great. But there were like abs uh, as well. Uh, they were getting better. Uh, um, I felt like more uh, defined because, of course, on body weight exercises, your core, especially on rings, your core is challenged much more. Um, at the same time, my legs were not as challenged, so I lost a bit of muscle. So my body composition changed at the time, but I was happy with the, with the way it was changing. And yeah, I learned many lessons out of it. And one of them was definitely that you can build muscle even with limited uh, equipment. Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, you, you are prioritizing things because when it comes to changing training style when you are limited by equipment you will have to prioritize some stuff as you said in your case it's pretty good because your legs are are fine so you don't need to worry too much about your legs uh, so you had the the opportunity to work more on your upper body but i do think that when it comes to to uh, training your legs at home with this kind of equipment is going to be a really uh, bad challenge uh, so that's going to be something which i think to an extent it would be it would be just undoable and um, obviously yeah, totally when we take into account context uh, people should just uh, have a look in, on your account and just have a look on your cards like you could be fine probably going at least one or two more lockdowns without having to train legs which is good now i think that would be accurate yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add something on that, uh, and uh, that's uh, um, even like more important to distinguish what we are working on. Because if you are uh, a big guy and you need to lose uh, 40 kilos of uh, body weight of fat, um, and, and most of it is fat, uh, yeah, like you you don't want to worry too much about this. Um, but if you are someone who is like on the skinny, skinny fat side of things. Uh, and you want to, you know, change the way your legs look because either uh, they're too small or uh, they are not toned or you just don't like the shape they have. Um, you can do st you still do something at home uh, because perhaps uh, you can't do a pistol squat or perhaps uh, you have a massive leg pump after a 20 bodyweight squat. You know, it depends a lot by where you're at in terms of like training experience and fitness level. Um, for example, I can tell you this, in my mind, I knew I couldn't challenge my legs as much as I do at the gym. And we can make the argument that for any, especially men, but also like women, um, you know, it's uh, limiting to train your legs at home because uh, there is just uh, at some point uh, you can challenge your leg uh, just to a certain degree because um, 
without extra load, what is the exercise that mostly challenge your, your legs? Um, well, you can make the argument that uh, a single leg squat variation uh, would probably be your best shot. Um, like a split squat or a pistol squat. And I discovered exercises like the shrimp squat, which I think has uh, some rationale for uh, being mastered that I couldn't do at the time. And I was like, man, this is a lesson that I can learn. You know, I can definitely squat 160 kilos for reps, but I struggle to do this shrimp squat, which is a silly body weight exercise on, uh, on one leg. Like, how is it possible? Okay, take your time, practice it. And uh, my mobility got better. My glute activation was better. I felt my back from all the sitting in the lockdown was uh, like more uh, healthy. Um, and definitely like I felt more capable of doing a new thing with my body. So I felt more confident. Um, so yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't say if we talk, it depends what we're talking about. If we are talking about uh, a someone who asks, okay, I want to build the most amount of muscle on my legs have some sort of resistance training where you can overload your muscle. Probably a commercial gym would be your best shot. So that's the thing. When, yeah. when, when you mention it, um, we try to cover as much population as, as we can. So we, we're going to try to make it like, a, like an analogy. And I, I, I just made a, um, a ranking as well. So basically we have training at, at a gym with limited equipment. Then you might just build a home gym because a lot of people nowadays are doing that. Uh, then you have a commercial gym and then you actually have a strength and bodybuilding gym, which I think in a lot of cases is the gold standard. So I, I think everyone within that ranking will fit at a specific point where they could do pretty good progress from a beginner. The, the limited um, equipment at home could be fine from someone who advances through. If they buy more equipment, they're going to be fine. But at some point, they might need to hit uh, a commercial gym. And from there, if you want to get the good stuff, um, I always think that you should get into a gym where um, they are not as commercial. And why I think that it is, because just to give an example of commercial gyms in UK, and I had this discussion with someone uh, lately, when we yeah. talk about commercial gyms in UK, you have a couple of names. You have uh, a couple of names which you find everywhere. They are the cheap ones, the ones which are 24 hours. You can do, go wherever you want. You have a code, you insert the code, and you have access to the gym. Uh, what happens is that when you get to that commercial side of gym, I think that people who are building up those gyms, they're not interested as much in, in quality of the equipment that they are getting, but they are interested in the profits. And that's pretty much different from someone who's creating a bodybuilding gym. I know you used to, to use one in, in London when we were, we were training muscle at Virgin work. Muscle Work and you were really passionate about that gym. And I think you really are passionate because I saw you posted about it when you've been the last time in London. And yeah. now... Uh, you'll see that the quality of a commercial gym is so much different than a gym which is based on bodybuilding strength and the people which build that gym are people which are passionate about um, those specific activities. What do you think about, about this? Yeah, man, I cannot, uh, like, I, I think there is so much into this uh, because, um, you know, I always uh, like to think of myself uh, as, a, as a hard worker. So, um, you know, I, I have uh, in my mind uh, what I want to achieve uh, and I am a type of person who like to feel like I'm working on something uh, and that like there is a, a long-term like direction. I'm like, okay, I know that in 10 years I want to look in a certain way. 
or I want to be able to do certain things with my body, I know that it will not happen today. And so there will be like a constant practice. So that's one part of it. And that part makes me feel like I can train everywhere. Just literally give me the least amount of equipment that I need to keep making progress. Um, at, the, at this time, for example, it would be just basically dumbbells, barbells, and a cable machine. I don't need much else. Um, so at the moment for the training program that I'm, that I'm using during the lockdown, you know, I only had two gymnastic rings, but, um, you know, that, that's one part of me. Um, and, um, as you said, like, there is also another part of me that is, uh, the ones to belong, the ones to feel uh, like I am part uh, of a bigger family. And I think like that would be different for all of us. Like there are people who likes to, uh, think of themselves as athletes, athletes. Uh, so they're always like kind of uh, practicing some sort of athleticism. There are people who are more interested in mastering some upper body, body weight exercises, more on the calisthenic body weight side. And then you have bodybuilders and athletes who works on strength, uh, like powerlifters. And then you have CrossFit, right? So if you ask uh, like a CrossFit uh, athlete, what would it be like? Like, can you keep making progress with only a barbell? Like, he, would, uh, he wouldn't think about it. He would tell you, yes, of course, I can do like these thousands of, uh, I don't know, barbell complexes. But if you, if you ask uh, like a very hardcore, uh, old-fashioned bodybuilder, he would tell you, of course not. Like, I don't have a dumbbell. I don't have a, I don't know, row machine. How, do you, how, how are you supposed to train your back? You know, and uh, I think uh, on both sides of the spectrum, like we should think a little bit more... Uh, um, critically, like um, skeptically. And um, yeah, you want to make it more simple. So it's definitely important to have uh, a nice piece of equipment, but it's more important uh, that you are consistent with your approach. It's more important that you know your direction. So what are you working on? Because depending on that, uh, you might be totally fine with one elastic band. All right. So imagine if your goal was to recover uh, from a shoulder injury, maybe your elastic band is enough to make progress in that sense. But if you talk about maximally develop your muscle mass, and maybe you've been training for five years, you might need some more piece of equipment to keep making progress. Now, in this regard, like I went to London just after two years. I, I didn't go to London for two years and then I happened to be there. And I pop by to, to muscle work because for me, bodybuilding is like a big family, you know? Um, it doesn't matter if you take steroids or not. Uh, um, I'm, I'm totally natural, but you can meet great, great people in, in the bodybuilding world. And if I felt at home, like I came back to the gym and the owner and the guy at the reception, they remember me. And I was like, man, that feels nice. You know, I've been living in another country and I come here and I pop there. And they recognize me and we exchange a few words uh, on how are things are going. And that's part of the game. You know, that, that's, that's important. And it might play a role in your decision when you have to decide if to train in a commercial gym or perhaps uh, you're passionate about powerlifting and there is uh, like a powerlifting gym at your, where you live. Or perhaps you are someone who doesn't necessarily need that social aspect and you are totally fine with having like your baddest gym in your garage. Like one of my clients last summer, I went to, to see him and he built like a crazy gym. He has like the, he asked me a few advices. So he has a cable machine, a squat rack where he can do pull-ups. 
enough weights for dumbbells and barbells. So you can make great progress. You know, um, you can always add those little pieces like a TRX here, a couple of gym ring, gymnastic rings, a Swiss ball, a kettlebell, like those things, you can always add them after. Um, but yeah, like he, he's fine with that and he's making great progress. He's consistent because he has the gym at home. So he doesn't really have an excuse to don't go to the gym, even if he's busy. Um, yeah. I, th does that answer your, uh, your question, Andre? Definitely. I know it's a it was a little bit, yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously everything is depending on the, on the individual and, uh, every case to case will be different. That's why it's hard to, to get the questions to, to have a straight, uh, answer to, to the questions and, uh, getting it from, from here, you mentioned a few cases as well, when equipment is going to be more important, uh, do you have more context to, to when you think that you will actually need, you, you just need more equipment. Like what is the type of individual uh, who would go for your application form, who you'd have a consultation with and you would, you'd, you'd tell them, you know, a home is not enough for you. You, uh, a dumbbell that you have and a resistance band might not get the results that you want. Like, yeah, you have totally. a, yeah. Great, great point. Because I actually have people who after the lockdown, they contact me and they haven't been out uh, for ages, right? And they don't feel confident in going to a gym, uh, but maybe it's uh, like someone who used to exercise in the past uh, and then they have stopped for uh, um, some sort of reasons uh, and uh, now they wanna get back into it. So probably they have some muscle memory. They, even if they were uh, maybe not using the top programming, programming before uh, or the exercise selection and all these things, uh, they can make progress quite quickly. Um, my idea is that the best shot, it's still like a commercial gym for the price um, and quality ratio. Like you, you get really like, uh, if, if you think about, uh, for example, the UK, the gym, uh, um, the pure gym, better gym. I mean, with 25 bucks, 20 bucks, you get like everything, like literally everything. And it's like maintained, clean, like it's, it's sometimes a bit busy depending where you're at, but I spend 20 euro a month and I'm a professional. I want to compete and I do this because I don't see the extra value in spending a hundred euro for like a luxury gym. So like a gym that has like a sauna and like, yeah, I don't need that. That's not what, what I go, why I go to the gym. So I'm definitely like on a commercial side of things, but there is also a bodybuilding gym here in Vienna. So I, I will uh, check it out, uh, but just more for like the social aspect. I love to do it. Um, now, going back to, to your questions, there is a case where I actually recommend that the client buy some piece of equipment or subscribe to a gym. And is uh, if the client wants to really improve his muscle mass in his lower body, I had many people who contact me and say, hey, I want to build muscle in my glutes, in my quads, my hamstring, you know, my calves never grow. That kind of body, you need some sort of resistance training. Because yes, you can get some uh, fresh muscle growth from doing a single leg curl on the floor, on the TRX. You can get some quad uh, hypertrophy from know, really adding reps and sets and volume on your uh, pistol squat or split squat, or maybe you have like a little dumbbell and you can start overloading a pistol squat. That would be already, hey, if you don't, if you're not able to do a pistol squat here and after uh, eight weeks, uh, oopsie, now you're able to, to do a few pistol squat with uh, even two kilos on each side, 
that's a great that's a great thing like you are um, adding performance and therefore i can put my money that your legs are growing if you have sufficient protein and calories from from your diet but then that will stop like you need to think that uh, to further elicit muscle growth one of the most uh, important principle is a progressive overload and um, to, to to get the response that we want we need to meet a certain level of intensity so if you don't have a way to make to make it more intense for your muscle by either making it on a single leg exercise or you don't have actual load to keep progressively overloading your muscle then your growth will yeah will be limited uh, but if you tell me okay i want to just get in shape lose some some fat and build some muscle get yourself two gymnastic rings an elastic band and I, I would say, like, if you, if you also have a kettlebell or an um, adjustable dumbbell, that wouldn't hurt because you can target some little muscle and really isolate them well. So, you know, you can just make it more complete. Uh, but 80% of your progress can actually come from becoming more prolific um, in your uh, upper body moves, body weight, um, in particular, like, dips, um, wide grip dips, uh, pull-ups, wide grip pull-ups, uh, uh, different grips, uh, um, pull-ups, uh, rings, push-ups, they're amazing with the feet elevated. Um, I mean, do three sets of 20 with those, with a real uh, technique, with a good technique. And yeah, you'll get a pretty good uh, pump in a safe position. I think they're also very safe to play with. Um, and most people love it. So yeah, that would, that would be my go-to rationale. Want to focus on your legs? Let's go to a gym. Upper body or rest, like more of a general body composition goal. And you don't have access to a gym, we can definitely do it at home. It does make a lot of sense because when we think about, you know, body weight, this is basically body weight training and for, for your back, for your chest, for your arms, your body weight is just enough to, to get a good stimuli. Uh, but when you yeah. think about the lower body, obviously we keep our weight on, on our legs every day. We are walking on it and that's never going to be enough for our legs to grow. And I like this comparison of thinking about body weight, upper body is fine, but body weight for lower body is not going to be, is not going to be uh, optimal. Um, and I haven't thought about it this way, but I really, really enjoyed the, the analogy. Um, and you know what, like I remember uh, Nick Tuminello is uh, one of my mentors from overseas. And uh, he was saying like one of his mantra was uh, uh, master your body with his client, master your body weight first and then master your body weight with an external load after uh, because uh, that uh, has very likely like a transfer to your life. Because um, if you think about it, like some people, they spend ages at the beginning of their training and they do like, um, I don't know, an incline press with eight kilos. And then they do a shoulder press with like three kilos, right? They'd be better off challenging the same muscle, but with their body weight, because that will soon make them feel more capable. I mean, there are contexts where you can play with those exercises just to have like um, an extra stimulus. Uh, and that would make sense. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but what's uh, more productive for you getting stronger on a dumbbell press uh, when you don't when you can't literally do any push-ups uh, or learning how to do a push-up first uh, and then moving into a dumbbell press uh, this is my argument uh, that uh, that would create uh, um, a more fun and uh, constructive uh, and productive journey um, 
which is which is cool because you can do it at all at home like on the floor literally especially if you are for example a woman and you thought that you never will be able to do a push-up and there are progression that make things can make things very fun um same for men's and yeah so so yeah totally uh, body weight is yeah. uh, massively underrated especially in the bodybuilding community and it has a transferable skill as well, and which is the most important part of it. If you start for the press-ups, the person is, is not going to even realize that their shoulder uh, horizontal press is going to get stronger, but it's going to have those transferable skills just purely because the, the anterior delts is so much involved in the, in the press-up. So once they get back into, into a shoulder press, they will see, oh, I can lift more only because now I can do a push-up, which is going to be yeah. interesting, and they're not even going to be aware of it. So that's where I think, as you said, the role of coach of making things entertain, uh, entertaining sorry, and at oh, the end totally. getting them, them results as well which were, they were not even uh, capable to think of and man you know we can talk for ages about that but I uh, totally agree with you and there are the, the fun aspect of training like it's different for, uh, for everyone some people want more fun from their training some people they just want the results but I tell you this uh, like I, I care about my muscle like that I have like a nice symmetry so I don't want to lose muscle in my legs either but in that moment you have to think uh, um, you have to, to, to take responsibility and say hey it's not your fault that you don't have access to a gym I mean I would ask if it's really your problem I would really ask yourself, what are the things that you can do? If you can buy some piece of equipment at home and you can even get, for example, two dumbbells of 40 kilos each, I mean, they're expensive. That's one of the reasons as well why I was like, I'm not going to get there because I can squat 160 kilos. Like I need two dumbbells of eight kilos. Where the fuck do I put my weights at home? You know, I don't, I don't want my studio to become a gym. I, I like it how it is. As I said, I like to go to the gym. So I was like, I'm not going to buy, you know, dumbbells and barbells. And I'm not going to complain about the fact that my training for my lower body is suboptimal. Fuck it. Once you decide that you're not going to take the dumbbells, be okay with the fact that your training is changed. So, yeah. you know, there are some great things when you, when you see it from that perspective, because you can think, okay, you know, it's not your responsibility, but it's your responsibility to make a program that will serve you as much as you want to during this time. So I had more time, more focus on the upper body. So we can make the argument as well that I train my upper body more, more often. And so it responded because I was training it more than before. Um, but I had more time, you know, more time is great for your life. You can do other things. And, um, you know, you have more mental energy because you challenge your central nervous system less without squat and deadlift. I was like, man, this training feels easy. It's only pull-ups and push-ups. Um, I had more mental space to explore, to be curious. And I was thinking, okay, what is, uh, uh, you know, going, thinking a little bit, uh, uh, outside, uh, my bodybuilding scheme of things, what is one movement, uh, body weight, or a few movements that you really like to, in, to, to learn? And I had these two movements. One was the muscle up. I was like, I would like to be able to pull myself up and to flip over and push myself through mm. a bar or rings. That was something I always wanted to do, uh, but I was really never able to do it. And the other thing was the handstand. Now, I can tell you um, many reasons why learning how to handstand and learning how to free handstand and hold it up 
can have a transfer on your body in terms of adding strength, you know, even to your, to your bench press um, and uh, keeping yourself more healthy uh, for your wrist health, your elbows health and your shoulder health. Shoulder that one is a big massive one. one. Yeah. Shoulders are for the coordination when you are in that position and you are able to, because you have, you have no choice in that position. Your, your, your scapula will be somehow um, retracted in, in a position purely because it's gravity and it's your body weight. And that thing is, is one element which doesn't happen if you get yourself on an, onto a shoulder, shoulder, press, shoulder press on the machine where you know your scapula is all over the place. And I, I know a lot of people which don't have a good synergy between scap scapula and humerus when they are going for the shoulder presses and they got their shoulder injured. So definitely in that type of case, just doing a handstand will be much more beneficial than, than jumping and um, sitting on a, on a shoulder press machine for the first time. Man, this is such an interesting point because like this is again, I, I want this to be very clear for the people who listen. Um, you know, you have this argument as well between coaches. Uh, uh, okay, you, you, you start working with a client who have never been to the gym. Okay, what would be the best uh, first exercise for that person to train, uh, for example, his shoulders, his triceps, uh, and a little bit his upper body, like upper chest, uh, and yeah, possibly some bicep in there as well. Would it be better to train a shoulder press machine, a dumbbell press, uh, or learning how to handstand and uh, learning how to handstand push-up, all right? Well, you know, at some point, uh, by, you, you see some coaches, they, they say, of course, shoulder press machine, because the person can sit down there, forget about the coordination, and just thinking about the pattern. And when you really coach it well, you know, the person will become prolific and then you can make it more unstable. So that's the, their rationale. Uh, mm -hmm. Then moving into a dumbbell press and then eventually into a barbell press. Uh, um, and then maybe you learn how to do a pipe push-up eventually. But most people, they, then they stop at the military press with the barbell or the dumbbell because they keep adding weight. So they feel very strong. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see any problem as well in uh, uh, learning how to do a handstand first. No, and having that control. So even if you don't, if you do it against the wall, um, but if you learn how to control yourself and you build enough uh, uh, mobility and control in your joints, uh, now you are up. You learn about uh, shoulder depression. Um, you learn about uh, the fact that you have two shoulder blades. Um, you learn how your shoulder blades, uh, your uh, mid thoracic spine, your core, your glutes. Uh, um, and yeah, you learn a lot about how your shoulder works because you feel it. Um, if you think about the shoulder press, nobody lock out and hold the position and really master the end position. Most people, they just extend and then they, they, they fall down again. Um, so you never become prolific uh, with your arms overhead. So you really never challenge the end of that range of motion um, in regards to your shoulder. That doesn't mean that you are going to develop injuries or weaknesses, but there is a lot to be gained by learning how to handstand because, again, you feel more confident. You feel like you can do more things with your body. You can be upside down, which is counterintuitive. And, uh, you know, you challenge as well uh, by doing that uh, certain muscles uh, that you don't necessarily challenge at the gym unless you think about those particular muscles. I'm talking about the... Uh, medium trapezius and the lower trapezius in particular, those are like yeah. tra muscles that nobody train. Um, 
and they are massively stimulated when you really hold a good handstand yeah it's 100 percent. yeah so as long as you have a good good clinical reasoning behind it but your your explanation on it sounds really sound like it's something which is which is more doable as long as you have the the coaching availability in terms of time to to teach the client to do it is definitely a better option than getting someone on a seated on a seated shoulder press machine and we, one yeah. thing that you mentioned as well you you mentioned just to jump onto the next element which i think is important when we consider equipment uh, you mentioned um earlier time um, and I think time would be, again, one important element which has to be analy- analyzed when it comes to someone who signs up for the, a new coaching program. Because what I found is that, just to give you a simple example, a lot of people which have been training at home purely because uh, they don't have much equipment, the frequency of training is is really high. So they would just train six, seven times a week. And mm. uh, they have a time problem. So they say they are consuming so much time on, on, on those uh, exercises. The, the results are limited and the work and responsibilities are not allowing them to to, pers- to pursue that anymore and to be as active as, as they used to be. And that makes them feel really guilty because they got here, they've been consistent with it. And at this point, they have... They, 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 they are attached to, to those structures. They want to be active every day. Again, time is a problem and time cannot be, cannot be multiplied. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same. And I think that's where the equipment uh, availability becomes really important. I find that a lot of people, if you take them from their home routine in which they train every day and you put them into a gym environment where uh, they are able to build up their intensity in terms of training and weights, they have to train much less and that's uh, really valuable in terms of, 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 uh, of the time aspect. Uh, mm. I call people which are, uh, have been training uh, at home for, as I said, six times a week. Um, and they've been uh, on low calories. Uh, we got to work together and we analyzed a few aspects. We said, okay, we need to, to bring the, the calories up. We need to to train less because you are just overtraining right now and your frequency is too high. Your, your sessions are not of good quality because if you train every day, you're not going to be able to, to recover after the sessions. Uh, so we got them into a free sessions uh, a week program and the, the progress is unbelievable. And they, they just can't get over the fact that they've been training double and the results were not as good as it is now. And it's just uh, uh, mind blowing for them. Mm. So I think that's that's another aspect where where equipment availability can can play an important role because if you do have that availability in terms of quality, then I, I would argue that even even the commercial gyms sometimes um, they are not enough, especially for quite a few of of, of my clients which have uh, previous injuries or niggles and they can't do everything that that's okay. in a commercial gym and that has to be got to to the next level or we have to improvise and when it comes to improvising things in a commercial gym where uh, which is already busy it becomes time consuming get the bench mm. where this angle to be able to get a lot pulled down without bringing the arm overhead so you don't elicit your symptoms and so on and it's really interesting um 
but yeah. but yeah, I think uh, the individuality of each person is just unbelievable. And as soon as you you get a person and you take it apart from the norm, you have the norm, and you have those people which are coming through and they are perfectly fine. They have no injuries. They are beginner and they are happy to progress. You can put them on a on a general type of program and they're gonna do unbelievable. But they, you have uh, the other people which are uh, very special, let's say, in terms of their characteristics and individual features. And for them. Uh, the equipment availability will be much more important just to make uh, them feel uh, feel uh, safe, comfortable, and uh, keep them progressing. Yeah, totally, man. Um, you know, like the environment play a big role in this, but your mindset as well needs to be focused on what you want to get. Because some people, they they you were talking about self-limiting belief, and they do have some limiting belief that because they don't have uh, a seated leg cattle machine and they won't grow their legs, you know? Um, so, or because they don't have a particular, I, I tell you this, like my leg press at my gym doesn't have uh, enough range of motion. So I took it out, my training program. It's not a big deal, you know, like there are no exercise that you have to do, right? Unless like you want to get better at a particular exercise, like say your goal is to get a stronger deadlift, well, you're not going to get uh, so much uh, stronger by doing tons of leg curl um, compared to doing mainly deadlift. Of course, leg curl is important, but mostly you want to do deadlift if your goal is to get stronger at the deadlift principle of specificity. But um, some people, they complain and they, um, you know, they complain without finding a solution. So complaining, it's, it's okay. You know, you, you might find yourself complaining about your limited uh, equipment and you know you might look at instagram and other um, fitness people who have instead uh, like i was looking at the uh, juji mufu um, and his own gym is uh, crazy like he called panatta and he got this uh, amazing equipment uh, black and gold uh, delivered at his own um, own gym and it's amazing i love to do it you know i love to have uh, such a big uh, uh, gym and you know to play with to have to meet friends have a great workout make content like that would be awesome but i don't um i don't have like a spare uh, half a million to 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 build my own uh, home gym so and i enjoy like really like going to a commercial gym connect with people and and get a good like get out of the flat uh, you know just the journey there it's it's fun i listen to a podcast it's part of my daily life some people they need to be more focused on a solution so what is the solution? Well, ask yourself, what's your goal? And what do you need? What do you need to make progress? What's your metric? Um, is he adding reps to an exercise? Is he getting stronger on all your, ex your exercise? Because if you are training to build muscle, the chances are that you have uh, many choices uh, and many tools in your, uh, in your uh, toolbox uh, to play with, uh, um, even if you are experienced uh, and uh, uh, yeah, moderately experienced. Yeah, 100%. Which people yeah, we work with are. Yeah, and it's just about the, the, the mindset. As you said, if you if you find a, a problem to each each solution, then you are the problem. If you if you you're supposed to find solutions to each problem and just being pro proactive about it is, is what's what's important. So that's that's definitely gonna be the, the main pillar. Because if if this is what you have, if you have a room with two dumbbells, you better use those two dumbbells because otherwise you're gonna be left behind. Because no one is gonna you know is gonna give a fuck about about you if you don't do something about it. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and there are pieces of equipment that will always stay. So because like some people complain that they don't have enough equipment and they do really think that, uh, that that would solve their problem. 
And when they are faced with the um, opportunity to buy those equipment, they are like impressed by how much they cost. You know, so if you have the money, just do it. You know, you see like a squat rack with the barbell, uh, I don't know, 200 kilos of weights, just buy it. You know, you have it at home, it will not get lost. These are not wasted money because, you know, you, know, you have them at home. A friend of mine was able to build his uh, personal training business with 800 euro, you know, just a, a squat rack at home. And he was able to train all his clients and he built it up. So every month he would be add a little piece of equipment, which is his fun. Um, I personally only have one kettlebell, two gymnastic rings, and this where I'm seated on, that is uh, my Swiss ball. I love to <laughs> sit on the Swiss ball as I work so I can connect uh, yeah, with my back and like adjust my hips. Um, that's it, you know, like they, they are at home. If, I, if I'm at home and I want to get some kettlebell swing like around the day, I do it because it's, it's here. I literally have the kettlebell in the studio. Um, it's not necessary to be fit, like to stay fit, but it's good to have, it's fun. Um, yeah, and eventually like if the gym closed by, you know, any chance I can, I can get a home workout uh, for one, one time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I think we covered quite, quite a few bits and I just yeah, want to man. say thank you, Francesco. Obviously, this was a really interesting chat, nothing structured about science, but I think it's just good to have uh, our own intake on, you know, uh, equipment availability because as you said a lot of people are on one extreme where they they are just complaining all the time about what equipment they have available but they lack the first elements which are coming to discipline and consistency and yeah. you have on the other spectrum uh, the people which have all those type of equipments but they are dusty in the garage uh, so again, that's not uh, the, the the best in context to be in. Uh, thank you for being part of this. And uh, I'm looking forward to have you uh, here again. Uh, if you can let our listeners uh, where they can find you on on social media uh, in case they have uh, any questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, um, I, I just remember that, uh, um, you know, before you were saying about people who you know, they, they, they find it stressful because maybe they've been consistent with a certain amount of session per week. And then for some reason, they have to adjust this number of session and they have to do less. That doesn't have to be stressful because uh, not necessarily and um, doing less uh, equal to less results, uh, most often than not. Uh, this is my experience. And um, I appreciate that you were saying like, this is not like a, a, an analysis uh, of like the current uh, literature about it because mostly like you uh, in this regard in regards to the uh, you know whether you should buy pieces uh, of fitness equipment or not there is no evidence you know it's all anecdote and traditions and, and so the experience play a massive role uh, in this uh, um, and uh, most often than not uh, as i got people to do less uh, workouts per week i saw more results and the reason why is that is that that uh, and every time this happened to me that i for example, now I have a coach, I hire myself a coach and he reduced the number of sessions that I do from five to four. And I know this is like challenging for me because I'm like, oh, now what, I will, what will I do with that session, with that free session, you know? Well, you know, you don't have to don't go to the gym. You can go to the gym and do some stretching, you know, some rotator cuff exercises, some ankle exercises. You take care of your joints a little bit. This is something that you can do even if your coach doesn't, doesn't tell you so, and it will probably not hurt, it will be nice. You keep the rhythm of going to, to that place. Um, you don't have to do it absolutely, but in my mind, the doing less equals to having more focus on those sessions. 
I know 100%. that the extra session that I'm not doing will allow me more, more mental focus, uh, more physical strength uh, to increase the intensity of those sessions. So make sure that you have fun whilst uh, you, know, you do less. Even if you do from five to three, man, you're going to be so recovered and you feel great in those three sessions. So you're going to have hell of three sessions. Um, uh, so yeah, just uh, I just wanted to chip in uh, on that because I, I, it popped in my, my mind again and uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's valuable. Uh, but totally, uh, man, you can uh, listen to, to the listener, can listen to, to my podcast as well, the Lean Muscle Warriors um, podcast. And they can find me on Pavone Fitness on Instagram. I'm pretty active uh, uh, there too. And I have a free Facebook group called the Lean Muscle Warriors uh, where I do free content every week. I do lives. I have a blog where I try to you know, write some more extensive guides if, if I have an idea. Um, we have uh, like a fee, five uh, science-based strategies uh, to get rid of love handles. That's a free guide. So happy to share it with everyone who is interested. And just reach out to me because it's, it's a, I'm a one-man team. So, you know, just, just message me on Instagram with your questions uh, in regards to your training, your nutrition, uh, your lifestyle, uh, your possible goals, uh, where it could go in the future. And I'm happy to, to jump on the call with you and, and just discuss that for free. So that's, uh, that's something I do. And of course, if I think I can help, uh, we, we would continue. And I, I would explain in details on how, how in particular I would help. But I don't work with everyone. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crucial for me to have that conversation before. Thank you, Francesco. And I'll see you next time. Thank you, Andre. And definitely see you next time. And yeah, thanks to all the listeners. <laughs>